Welcome to Not Meddling, Just Mothering. Today, Asha is joined by me and my brother, her sons. Take a listen. Missy can't be here, so I have asked a couple of guests to join today, and I hope that you enjoy this podcast. First, my eldest, Sol. That's me. Hello, my name is Sol. I like birds and my family, and I like Jesus. My youngest, Caleb. Hello, my name is Caleb. I am her youngest. Anything? Uh, you can tell this is going to be a fun episode today, right? <laughs> I've asked both of my boys to read chapters 17 and 18 of Proverbs, and we are going to pull out some standout verses and try to make some sense today and share what we have on our hearts and what our experience has been that relate to the Proverbs. Let's go ahead and start with some wins, guys. That's what Missy and I do. I'll go first. My win is the fact that my sons both said yes to join me on this podcast. We'll see how it goes, but I think that's a win. How about you, Sol? Let's see, what, what win do I have? Well, this week I was sick because my youngest brother, Caleb, got me sick last week. And so I was sick and I had a presentation on the significance of Israel in the future. So that didn't go as badly as it could have gone. So I guess that's a win. It went, you know what it went you uh, actually pretty well. Oh, I got an A. I, I always get it. I only get A's. Of course, I'm the, I'm the oldest. I only get A's. My win is I didn't yeah. have to listen to that speech. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, oh, I'm up in my sickness. So my week was pretty good. Got some <laughs> good things happening in my career. So that's some good news. Some prayers answered. Wow. Such what as? happened? Such as I have a meeting with a new agent, a potential agent. That's good. So, so somebody's going to interview. That's great. Yeah. I'm so excited for that. The background on that is that we prayed for that yesterday, didn't we? Or yeah. was it the day before? Who, who'd yeah. have thought? So that's good. Yeah, who'd have thought? <laughs> okay, let's move forward and see what you guys got. Yeah, Proverbs fits into a genre in the Bible called wisdom literature. You know, wisdom literature is different. So there's wisdom literature, Psalms, prophecy, and narrative. Um, there might be one more, I forget. But um, wisdom literature is also present in some smaller sections of the Bible, but it's present mostly in Proverbs. And then also James has some strong elements of wisdom literature. But the thing with wisdom literature is that it is good principles for life. And so it's important for us to read. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And it actually helps us when we're facing different struggles or um, decision-making times, things like that. So if listeners could just right now Push pause if you haven't read 17 and 18 and go ahead and do that and then come back on and we can start sharing some wisdom. Welcome back and let's go ahead and start digging into the word. What I have highlighted first is chapter 17, verse 14. So what I got out of this one is that when you are in a disagreement with someone, it's definitely better to keep quiet. It might be wiser to just withdraw and take time to process what's going on before you speak. Right. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty good. I think that just looking at it, the translation in the CSB is really helpful too. It says, so the ESV says the beginning of strife is like letting out water. But the CSB translates it, so to start a conflict is to release a flood. Stop the dispute before it breaks out. That one's really good. And so good. I think that's, yeah, I think that's really good because it puts a little different spin on it too. So like the ESV could be interpreted the way that you said it, where it's like, okay, I'm just going to hold my tongue here. It's probably best not to 
continue this argument or stir up dissension. But in the CSB, but it puts the, the emphasis on yourself. So don't start conflict. Right. That is really good. How about you, Caleb? Did you get any other thoughts on that? Yeah, I like, I remember that one standing out to me as well. I didn't highlight it, but I remember looking into it a little more. I remember picturing like what that actually means, like releasing water or souls said like a flood and how that's like uncontrollable. And it's like, you don't want it to get to that state because you can't control it. So stop right there before, before the dam breaks loose and all the water comes out and you can't. Because you can't, and you can't put it back in, right? When you let water out, you can't put it back into the the drain or wherever it came from. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, so the next verse that I highlighted was verse 17. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. What is the version you have saying, Soul? It's pretty much the same thing. It's a, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a difficult time. Okay. So that's pretty straightforward. I mean, if you are a true friend, you're going to be caring and loving at all times. Mm-hmm. It's like God gave us brothers and sisters to be there for us when we're going through hard times or difficulties because they can share our burdens sometimes and mm-hmm. they want to. And I heard somebody say in a different podcast that I had listened to, and they were talking about this verse and they said something about, in some versions, it's, a, it's stated as, and a brother is born from adversity. So saying that sometimes when you go through the struggle together as friends, it's like you've become a brother to that person. So the connection is stronger. Any other thoughts you guys might have being brother? Uh, yeah, I, I like how the Proverbs every couple verses or every couple proverbs usually goes back to like something to do with a relationship or like Mm -hmm. a friendship or family whatever i think that's one of the most important parts of life and Mm -hmm. that's why it's mentioned so much in proverbs is a wise way to live is to have healthy relationships and this is just one of the verses that shows that in proverbs that is right yeah there does seem to be a pattern to these two chapters at least of like instructions to rulers to families, and then general remarks on fools and like what foolish people do. And so Mm -hmm. it does have like a rhythm to it that keeps going. That's kind of what I see too throughout the book of Proverbs is that it has this recurring subject matter that's the same. And you think like it's it's being redundant, but the reality of it is that it gets into our heart and into our mind. And because when you read something just once, you might forget about it. But if you keep reading it and you keep reading it, just like when you guys were kids, if I kept telling you something and kept telling you something, you would remember. And if I just told you once, you might not remember. And so I think that's what the Proverbs uh, secret to the way we remember it is because it's just written on your heart because of how many times it's said. And you're like, oh yeah, they said that in that last chapter and they said that in that last chapter. So if something is said more than once in the Bible, you should really pay attention because it's important. Mm -hmm. So the next scripture I have is a joyful part is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. And so for me, this kind of focuses on things of emotions and and just contentment, you know, not even only emotions, but your soul to be truly content and, and joyful. There's a lot of depression that's been happening lately, especially after the pandemic or because of the pandemic and people were just closed up and shut in. And so when you hang on to that sadness or depression, it kind of can even affect your physical health and so that when it says a joyful heart is good medicine it means that if you're if you're content in your spirit and your in your soul then typically your your health is well mm-hmm. that and that's not always sometimes there's people that are sick that are, still have that 
that joyful spirit within them. But in general, if you're just, oh, have the spirit of Eeyore in you and like, ah, oh, nothing is going to happen that's good. I'm, I'm just going to really? be sad all the time. Then it really does affect your demeanor and even life choices and destiny, I think. That's true. Yeah, I actually had this yeah. one highlighted too. Did you? And what were your thoughts when you highlighted it? You summed it up pretty well, but I think that having a spirit of joy is, is very important because you are more successful in that usually. And mm -hmm. I remember watching this, this TV show, I forget what it's about, but it was like this experiment on, on like random things. And they had these people like shooting like basketballs and half of the people had like nobody cheering for them. And the other half of the people had people like cheering for them, like, oh, you could do it, you could do it. And like, they found that the people that had people cheering for them made more shots than the people that didn't. And mm -hmm. I mean, it's interesting because I think when we're encouraged in our heart and we're happy in our heart, we, we do better in, in what we're doing. And right. I think all of the, the proverbs are, are just ways to help us do better and live mm -hmm. our lives better. And like you said, it's not necessarily like, oh, these are promises that if you do this, you're going to be 100% successful in everything you do. That's not the purpose of Proverbs. It's living in the wisdom that, that these people have shared with us. And those are like, oh, this is a way that is going to help you through life. And you're more likely to be successful if you follow things like this. And that's a good one for, for everyday practical life, I think. Right. And yeah. that also kind of goes back to what you were talking about relationships as well, when you were talking about people cheering you on and having that support system that does bring encouragement and joy to your heart as well. Yeah. One thing I, I think I, I noticed about this was that I think this is the first proverb in this chapter that talks about physical health. Mm -hmm. And so it's, I think it's not unimportant to realize that God wants us to be wise but he also wants us to be healthy. And okay. so he he took the time to say a joyful heart is good medicine because he does care about our bodies. And it made me think of um, Charles Spurgeon said, I've seen many men die from worry or a, a troubled spirit, but I've never seen men die from too much work. It just goes to show at the end of the point, it kind of reiterates it's the point of this verse, a broken spirit dries up the bones. And so mm -hmm. it, your physical health is directly tied to the health of your spirit. Right. In some sense, obviously, if you have a disease, it, I'm not saying that if you have a disease, it's because you're sinning or whatever, but I guess it could be in some situations. But yeah, if your spirit is sad, it's going to affect your your body because it affects your whole life. Right. Yeah, I agree. And I think there's been medical research that has supported that, that when people are down, their health tends to be worse. And when they're, when they're not depressed, then it's better. Missy and I were talking about that in a recent episode as well. Yeah. I mean, it, we have our own kind of colloquial saying in it too, like laughter is the best medicine, right? It probably comes from this verse, a joyful heart is good medicine. Yeah. And so I've noticed that like when I'm sick, I want to do things that make me laugh or watch watch movies or TV shows mm -hmm. when I'm laying in bed that make me laugh. I don't want to watch like a depressing show because I'm I'm already sick. So might yeah. as well be try to be happy in some sense. But yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. That's a really good thought too. So that's a practical way to put this proverb into action. So that's good. And I know that we have personally, our family has had a family member that had been very depressed and it does affect your whole body, but it affects your hormones and affects everything. But not only that, it affects the whole family as well when when someone yeah. is down and those people around you that love you and want to support you, it kind of tends to to um spread a little bit. So we need to definitely pray and be on our knees asking God for that support and his joy to give us strength. Mm -hmm. So the next verse 
is kind of what you were talking about, the wisdom. It's verse 24 that I highlighted. The discerning sets his face towards wisdom, but the eyes of a fool are on the ends of the earth. So this is talking about what are thoughts and what are we following and what is our end goal. Uh, sometimes when we're young and reckless, not, you know, in general, when people are young and reckless, they tend to yeah. just want to go and have fun and they don't think about the future and what the goal should be and don't set their minds to wisdom or their eyes to wisdom or their face towards wisdom. Yeah. Um, I had this one highlighted for more for the end, the fool's eyes roam to the ends of the earth. That made me think of the song. Uh, I'm the type of guy who likes to roam around. So, and it made yeah. me think so made, where I heard that, right? The Wanderer, where I think of where I first heard that song was in that movie, Chicken Run. Oh, and really? A, yeah. Who yeah. Is, I think it's Mel Gibson plays the chicken who just like wanders around and he has right. no home. He's the <laughs> Rolling Stone, you know, and it's a stereotypical character of a guy mm -hmm. who just indulges his flesh. He does what makes right. him happy. So like... The, his, like Han Solo is another one. He just, the cowboy wild guy who goes wherever around. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. you'll notice that in, in all of the movies that the fools, it can be called fools in some sense, their character is developed by not having their eyes on the horizon. They're put in a situation where they are forced by their mm -hmm. circumstances to narrow their vision to something important, to something that's worth something and has value. Right. So the in Chicken Run it's the chickens that he has to get off the farm before they're made into pies or oh, in star wars on solo has a responsibility that's bigger than himself mm -hmm. put on him so he has to help fight against the empire and defeat the world's destroying emperor who's gonna blow up planets and be tyrannical so that's right. just what i thought of when i read they roam to the ends of the earth is like the wanderer and it's fun to wander right it's fun yeah. to Go explore new places um, and see new horizons and travel. But I don't think that is the important, most important thing we can do in our lives. So it's good to mm -hmm. appreciate God's creation and travel right. and learn and meet new people. But you have to be grounded in the things that are more than yourself or that are, that are more than your desires. Right. That's so good. How about you, Caleb? Yeah, I read that one. I don't know a little. It's, I read it differently, or I'm misinterpreting. But I, I read it as wisdom is in the sight of him who has understanding. But the eyes of a fool are on the ends of the earth. I read it as like fools are constantly seeking wisdom and things like you'd said or whatever they're seeking like far away instead of focusing on on the things that are in front of them. I don't know if I misinterpreted. That. No, that's not misinterpreting. What was the first part of your translation say? The wisdom, wisdom is wisdom is in the sight of him who has understanding. Wisdom is in the sight of him who has understanding. So it's like right in front of him. He has understanding, so he's right. focusing on the wisdom. And right. what's the second part? But the eyes of a fool are on the ends of the earth. So I read that as like so, fools are, are seeking things far away and it's foolish to like take for granted what you have in front of you and, and the things that you have here. The wisdom oh, is yeah. here. Yeah, I think we essentially said the same thing. Oh. I think that's the same thing. That's the same, yeah. Did you have verses 27 and 28 highlighted? Those to me were similar. Whoever restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. 28 says, even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. When I was in high school, there was a phrase that was used better to be thought a fool than open your mouth and remove all doubt <laughs> and i think yeah, that's probably yeah. where it came from from that verse but it's important to process things before we speak because sometimes a lot of the things that come out of our mouths can be just reaction especially when it's to something harsh that was said to us or just a put down. You want to just snap back sometimes. And it's always yep. smart to be cool. Like it says, he who has a cool spirit 
I think that means like just a peaceful, laid back kind of attitude and personality, but it's always wise to check your thoughts and process what's said before you react. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That reminded me of in the, the Lord of the Rings, the prequel. Star Wars, uh, Lord of the Rings. Man, what a nerd. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm nerdy. It's funny he takes after me because I always bring up movies with Missy too. Oh, just illustrations that way as well, because that's that's how I process anyway. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm always drawing connections to like things outside. Well, it's it's not even it's more like the people who wrote those things are drawing from this. Anyways, it reminded me of the Silmarillion, which is also written by J.R.R. Tolkien, who wrote The Lord of the Rings. The elves in it, they don't give counsel to anybody. And so I think it's this verse taken a little bit too extreme because they don't want to open their mouths and say something wrong. And that's what he says. He says that they were worried to say something wrong and misguide people. And so I think that's taken to extreme. And personally, even before I read that, I read these verses and I would, I would think in my head in probably in some, sometimes inappropriate times when I should have said something, say like, okay, I don't know what I'm talking about, so I'm not going to say anything. But it's also good sometimes to do that when you really don't know what you're talking about. So so many times people feel like they have to have an opinion on everything. Mm -hmm. And I just love, I think it's fun and it's funny to watch people's reactions when they're like, so what do you think about that? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't really care. Or something like that, like, or if they say, like, what do you think about this, 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 and such and such? And I say, well, I'm not really interested in that, thanks. It's just, it's fun. It's freeing. It's almost freeing. Like, I don't have to be interested in every single thing. I think it's the wise man, the wisest men are people who know a lot about one thing, or they they devote their time studying one thing. They're they're not single-minded, but they are in a sense. You know, that goes back to the verse above where the fool, his eyes are wandering everywhere. You know, yeah. he's looking everywhere for to get this opinion or the jack of all trades. Right. You know, yeah, that's what thing. came to mind. The second part of that is master of none. none. Right. So he's mm-hmm. not a master of anything. But then the third part of that is is still always better than a master of one. So maybe there's wisdom in not being a jack of all trades all trades, you know, having opinion on everything, but having a few things that you devote your time and energy to well, that you're able to, and that's going to be different for every person, but there's a few things that you should focus on in your life to really develop and really try to be a master at, try to be um, wise in this area, you know? know. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. I think this was probably my favorite verse of this chapter and I had it highlighted as well. I think it just kind of speaks into the the whole point of Proverbs, which is just having humility and mm-hmm. and like being humble and living humbly. And you know, yeah, that's that's not speaking when you don't need to speak. <laughs> and right, it's right. being someone of understanding, which is which is keeping your mouth shut and listening. I think that's mm-hmm. a very a key part to this is not only just not saying anything, but understanding what other people are saying and trying to listen to people. And I think that goes a long way, especially with what we've seen in everybody's opinions in the world that they have such a, everyone thinks they have a place to share their opinion. And there's not many places that you find where you can just tell someone and someone just listens to you. And I think that's a very important part of of humility is listening to someone else. Even if what they're saying isn't pertaining to you, it's okay to listen to someone else in, in most situations. Yeah, that's spot on, Caleb. That is humility. So false humility is like self-deprecating, like, oh, I'm dumb, I don't know. But true humility is when you realize your own limitations and you recognize the strengths that other people have. So you're able to look at that person and say, he knows more than me about this. Yeah. I'm I'm going to humble myself to learn from him. Otherwise, mm-hmm. if you don't do that, and, you, and you're, that's just pride. 
Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's just the opposite. And yeah, that's good. And yeah. that's what I think the first nine chapters of, of the Proverbs is speaking into is having that, that fear and reverence of God and the humility before him and sure. how that will bring wisdom and positive things for your life. Yeah. 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 That's really good. Well, those two were the last verses in chapter 17. So we can move on to chapter 18. Yeah, it's been hit on all the ones that I highlighted. That's interesting. The next verses in 18 that I have highlighted are kind of almost similar to the ones we just discussed. Verses 6 and 7. A fool's lips walk into a fight and his mouth invites a beating. And verse 7. A fool's mouth is his ruin and his lips are a snare to his soul. So this is talking about the actions of somebody that's foolish, that's thoughtless, and kind of what I was talking about a few minutes ago about be careful, process what you're going to say before you let it out so that you keep your mouth shut and be thought of full is better than opening it up and removing all doubt. Yeah, I'm also reminded of James 3, that he talks about the tongue, and it's like a rudder, such mm -hmm. a little thing but it can steer an entire ship. And so you, it can also, it can also spark a large fire, you know, a forest fire with just a little right. tongue. It's like a spark that sets yeah. a huge thing ablaze. And so I can remember a lot of things, like my biggest regrets in life are just like things that I said just in passing, just being rude essentially. Mm -hmm. And I just like, I'm like, oh, the damage that I could have done. Thankfully, I don't think I've done a lot of damage. <laughs> I mean, I've probably, I've definitely hurt people in the past by things I've said, mm -hmm. but I don't think it's done as much damage as like a huge forest fire. And I'm just so right. thankful for that because it is so easy. It's so yeah. easy to say things that cut really deep and we yeah. have to be really careful about it. And especially if you're angry, it's so easy to say things when you're angry that it's almost impossible, I've found. So like when I'm angry, it I think it takes, it's very specific things that get me angry. But like when I am angry, it's very hard for me to like calm myself down. Because like, it's just like I have so many thoughts going in my head and it, it is really hard to control. Like, I mean, like James says, you know, it's like one of he who, who can master his tongue and master many things, right? So it's very hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think words are one of the most powerful forces in our life. You know, we can, we can really cause damage with the things that we say. Yeah. And I think that it's, it's important to choose your words wisely. And that's what this whole part is about. It's just making sure you're not saying things that are hurtful to people because even Sometimes I'll be in like these arguments or whatever with random relationships in my life. And I'll think, oh, a, a, a couple of days will go by and I'm like, oh, I know what to say to them to like really like uh, oh, yeah. shut them down. <laughs> you know, I know I know what I need to say. Or, oh, I should have said that. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah. <laughs> and then sometimes I'll go back and say it and I'm like, wait, that didn't do anything else good. That just <laughs> made it worse, even though I thought right. like they would understand, but. Yeah, so are very harmful, but also can can be very encouraging too. Mm -hmm. uh, oh yeah, and words can build up things very quickly as well as they can tear them down. Yeah, there, it says a fool's mouth is his ruin. His mm -hmm. lips are a snare to his soul. A snare is a trap, mm -hmm. you know, that a little rabbit gets stuck in, and then it's dead. It's done for. Once you're stuck in a snare, you can't get out. Like the mm -hmm. more you struggle to get out of it, the tighter it gets. But in James 3, 2, he says, we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man, able to bridle his whole body. That just shows how hard it is to control your tongue. That's like, if you're able to control your tongue, you can control anything else about your body. Yeah. So it's like, that's the hardest thing to master about yourself is your tongue. Yeah. It really so, yeah, it flaps. It flaps. Yeah. Your mouth opens. I really like the, the point that you made that it's not just destructive, that there is 
is the ability to be encouraging to people. And that's exactly what that, that verse talks about, life and death. You have the power of life. You can speak life into people or you can speak death into people. And, and it's our choice to make. So we should choose yeah. life. That's what you always used to tell us when we were young. Yeah. Whenever we'd say something negative, speak I, life. Yeah. <laughs> I think a practical way to like know how, how do I know I'm speaking life? You know, I think there's a lot of mm -hmm. ways that, especially in our culture today, there's a lot of things that look like these words are life and these words are good and these words that I'm saying are good, but they're actually more harmful than they are good. And I think a good mm -hmm. practical way to, to just know if you're speaking life is, you know, take it from these Proverbs or take it from different parts of the Bible and stop trying to come up with it yourself. You know, right. that's why Proverbs is here is don't, don't try to do life by yourself and come up with your own plan for, or words that you need to say. This is literally what it's here for when you're that's, that's right. troubled. Yeah. yeah. Well, the acronym Bible, I'd heard basic instructions before leaving earth. This is, this is instruction manual for us for while we're here on earth, you know, so take it and use it that way. But some people just think it's an old book. So <laughs> we hope that it gets to the point where people it's, realize yeah, that it's that's really, it's, it's actually more than an instruction manual, right? It should be yeah. like instruction manuals help you do certain things and they're super important to what you're doing. But this should be even more important than that, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So oh, yeah. it should be more than just an instruction manual. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's really right. powerful. It's it's living, it's living. You know, so I mean, sometimes you can read one verse and you'll you'll get something out of it, and and the next day or a week later you'll be dealing with some other issues. You go through it again, and the and the word speaks to you in a different way, and it's the same thing you read last week, but it's it's more real or more meaningful when you read it at different times. Yeah, so it's really you can good. Get so it's so deep and rich. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is. There's a, my freshman year here at this college I'm at, we were talking about, is there only one interpretation to every single verse? Mm. Is there only one thing? Mm -hmm. And to every, to every single scriptural passage. And one of our professors said, well, think of it like a lake and there's a river coming out of the lake and there's one main river, but then there are also streams breaking off of that main river so there is one main point but there are so many different applications mm. that you can yeah. go back to a single verse in different parts of your life and get something totally new from it yeah so that's really that, good uh, and that's the power of it it's so good yeah so the next one that i had highlighted is verse 12 before destruction a man's heart is haughty but humility comes before honor so this is what I think Caleb was bringing up before that the Proverbs are just a teaching on humility, how to live life with humility, because the fruit of pride or haughtiness is destruction, but humility brings honor to you. Yeah. So the first part, that's where we get our saying, right? Pride comes before the fall. So before his downfall, in my translation says, before his downfall, a person's heart is proud. So essentially mm -hmm. that's saying pride comes before the fall. Mm -hmm. But the second part, humility comes before honor. That reminded me of Luke 14, 8 here, and I can read that. So it's Jesus talking. He's, he's giving the parable of the wedding feast in Luke 14, 8. He says, when you're invited by someone to a wedding feast, don't sit down in the place of honor. Unless someone more distinguished than you be invited by him, and he who invited you both will come and say to you, give your place to this other person, and then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes to you, he may say to you, friend, move up higher, come closer. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted, right? So that's essentially Jesus taking this verse. I think he probably had this proverb in mind that he was saying that because he essentially restates it. Mm -hmm. He who exalts himself 
will be humbled. In Proverbs, before his downfall, a person's heart is proud, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. But humility comes before honor. So it's essentially the same thing. Jesus is just teaching from Proverbs there. And he makes a whole parable out of it, which is just, you know, Jesus is amazing like that. Yeah. I have this one highlighted. And he uses illustrations to make it understandable and relatable and for us to be able to get it. And I I love that about the way he described things. Yeah. Relatable is a really good word because like everyone, everyone either knows that feeling of being Mm -hmm. humbled and we, we call it something different today. We call it cringy, right? It's like, oh, like telling G- Jesus, hearing Jesus tell that story. It's like, oh, I cringe at it. Like, oh, that person yeah. was so humble or so proud. And he got humbled like that. Humiliated. There's yeah. videos, right? There's, and it's humiliated, right? It's what it is. It's mm-hmm. you're either humble. Essentially, this verse is saying you are either humble or you will be humiliated. Right. <laughs> like there's, those are the only options. You're humble yeah. or you're going to be humiliated. Yeah. I think that there's a really fine line and I've said it before. There's a very fine line between humility and humiliation and the choices yours. Either you'll, yeah. you can be right. humble or exactly. you can have someone else humiliate you. So, <laughs> And a lot of times it's God. So right. God will, yeah. will, especially if you're a Christian. When Mm -hmm. God disciplines us, he's humbling us, right? So it's for our good because he loves us. What about you, Caleb? Did you have any thoughts about that verse? No, I think you guys pretty much hit it on the head. Yeah, well, you spoke on it before the verse even came up. You started the conversation off really well. What I have next is just the next verse, which is verse 13. And I think we talked a little bit about it already, but Like I said, it's repetition helps you to remember, right? So if one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and his shame. What do your versions read? And what version do you have, Caleb? I have the NKJV. That's what Missy uses. It says, he who answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and shame to him. And and yours, Son? Mine, um, the one who gives an answer before he listens. This is foolishness and a disgrace for him. Right. That's really good. And I think Caleb was talking about it before, about we should humble ourselves and listen to people before we speak as well. And I was saying it too, that we need to process things when we, people maybe critique us or answer or speak to us harshly, that we should be able to process it before we, before we just you know, if they say something, oh, so-and-so did this and that, and we don't know the full story, and we just go off and do something to pay back or say something rude. For example, moms, when their kids are being, their kids are being kids, one of the friends is fighting with them, and, and then they just don't hear the whole story, and they go approach the parents and start a big old dramatic argument because of what happened and then the next day at school those kids are just fine playing in the playground and the parents have an issue now yeah yeah this reminds me of the commenting on stuff before you know it It reminds me of like the you and dad are really into the enneagram oh yeah and so i'm a number nine Mm -hmm. And that they like to hear all the sides of the story before they make, and it can be a bad thing sometimes because like uh, it makes us slow to respond. Mm -hmm. Well, or even not slow to respond, make you even just won't even share it all because you're like, oh, I don't want to give my opinion on this (laughs) or something to cause strife or anything because your personality is you're the peacemaker. So you don't like to have that turmoil and things like that as well. Right. But I think that's, at least I think I want (laughs) to have this be that motivation. So like, I don't want to be foolish. I think a lot of times I can try to justify and say like, oh, I shouldn't say before I get it. But probably more often than not, it's like, "Ah, I just don't want to deal with drama. Right. Yeah. And so, so it's good. It's a good byproduct, but you have to make sure the, the motives are right. So like, there's a difference between not saying anything because you just don't want to have drama and not saying something because you want to understand both sides of the story or you yeah. want to, or this even remind me of that story you told last week, maybe on your podcast last week about the, 
the guy who got mad at you and Kiara for skipping the line at the yeah. rest stop. Right. Yeah. Whereas like this is essentially what he did. He like yeah. he spoke before he even knew what was going on and it showed exactly. himself to be a fool. Yeah, yeah, that's right. What Solon said about his intentions behind the listening reminded me of something that stuck with me from a teacher that I had in sixth grade. And I remember he said, there's a difference between hearing something and listening to something. So I can hear somebody's opinion, or I can actually try to understand their opinion and listen to their opinion. And I think that's, Mm -hmm. that's where the distinction takes place is are are you just hearing it for for whatever reason are you actually trying to understand what people are saying Mm -hmm. and understand what's happening Mm -hmm. it's not wise to just hear something like that's the same as not not hearing it if you're going to actually try to understand somebody then that's where it's the wisdom takes place yeah that reminds me of sherlock holmes he says you see but you do not observe that's what he tells he tells a lot of people, you yeah. see it, but you're not observing it. Mm-hmm. And that, so like, this is even practical to like our daily conversations with people. Like if you want to have a good conversation, you have to listen to what they're saying and not try to think of your answer or what you're going to say while they're talking. That's not the that's, right way to have a conversation. That's what most people do. Like, yeah. it's just, that's what we do. Like we try to like, oh, what? What can I talk about next? What can I? But you have to yeah. listen first. Good. I I remember when you guys were younger and Dad and you all would play a game, being able to observe things. What was that game? What was it from? It was from some show oh, I used to watch. Yeah, yeah, like the born I, the born identity. Born. Yeah, so you would observe things that other people that things that other people just don't recognize. And don't see, and and I think that you guys we did that. that game. I, yeah, well, yeah, I know yeah. Caleb and Kiara. Oh. Yeah, when I think it was that when they they watched the Born series, all the Jason Born. Oh, movies. those are so good. Yeah, that scene where he and that, so the license plate numbers are three six WJ. Right. Or yeah, yeah. I can run. I can run a three quarters of a mile sprinting before <laughs> my hands start shaking. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I love but those movies. Those are so good. So if you you listen, you listen, and you hear things that other people aren't really hearing or listening to, right? Understanding. That's a, a way to put it as well. I like that one too. Verse fourteen is next, and I think we spoke about it in chapter seventeen. A man's spirit will endure sickness, but a crushed spirit, who can bear? So this has kind of reminded me of what you were talking about when we're talking about joy is good medicine. What you were saying is when you're sick, you try to do something to make you happy so that you don't feel all crummy because you can endure that. But when you're in a state of depression and you're sick, then how can you bear it? You know what I mean? How can you, how can you continue to do that and deal with it? Yeah. This first reminded me, so there was this neighbor that I had and she was younger than our grandma and she was really lonely. And so she only had herself and her cat. And then I would take her grocery shopping because she didn't have a car or didn't have a way to get around. And so I would drive her grocery shopping in in the winter because she couldn't walk. She had like a walker and her mental and cognitive state was so bad. Like she would repeat the same stories over and over again because, and I think it directly ties to how the state of her spirit, it was really low because she was so lonely. She would tell me stories about like her kids, they would only call her maybe like once a month or, Mm -hmm. you know, and so she didn't really have anybody to talk to. And it's really icy and cold here in the winter. And so her church was pretty close by, but it was too much of a walk for her to make in the winter time. And winters are like nine months long here. And so she would essentially be by herself for like nine months out of the year, just her oh, and her wow. cat. And, yeah. and so she was so like mentally slow and like mm-hmm. would say the same things over and over and would get really anxious about certain things. And then I moved and I was really worried about her. And then maybe a year and a half later, I ran into her and 
she she was a completely different person. She was lively and had a conversation. She walked to a grocery store that was like three miles away and she was carrying these bags. She's like happy and telling me all the stories here. She was dressed nice because she would always wear just a bathrobe when I would go talk to her and take her out. Mm. She would wear this bathrobe Mm. and she was dressed nice. She had her hair up nice. She had makeup on her face. And I was like, how's it going? Oh, that's right. Just my type. Uh, 75 years young. Uh, so what happened uh, to make her to well, make her I change? asked her that. I was like, you seem a lot different. She said, wow, I'm so happy. I I moved into Augustana like a year ago after you left. I moved in and I made a lot of friends. And she, her spirit was high, right? Uh-huh. And so she was able to to start living life happily because of her spirit, essentially. Right. She's transformed because of her yeah. spirit. And so. probably she was encouraged by those people that spoke life into her right and, and oh and yeah. she had conversations and things like that i was gonna say that this is just a very important and prevalent issue with people today and a lot of people struggle with this broken spirit and mm-hmm. like that that i'm sure can resonate with 90 percent of the people that read that verse is they have this broken spirit i know i can i can I can resonate with, wow, I, I, there's a lot of times where I have just this spirit of brokenness in, in my life. And it's encouraging to read that it says, who can bear a broken spirit? You're not expected to. You're not expected to be able to go through that. You're not expected to have to deal with depression and, and those sorts of things in, in your life. You can't. In fact, it says, who can do that? And yes. it's just like, and it's also like the, the underdog story that everyone likes to hear is like, you know, somebody's who's might be sick or whatever, but they got this spirit in them. You know, they got this like Batman, like the dark Knight, and how his body might be broken, but his spirit's strong and he'll come back and save the city, you know, and, and I'm using references like soul here, but I think it's, it's okay. cool. That's, that's a thing, you know, you're not expected to deal with depression. You don't have to. There's a better way to have a healthy spirit. Right. And I like that verse that tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. In other words, we aren't sometimes ourselves able to pull ourselves out of that place of of broken heartedness. But his word says he heals the broken hearted and he'll heal that spirit and bring that spirit uh, strength through his joy. And so our focus should be on him and what he leads us to. So that's a really good verse. The next verse I think we have is a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before the great. It's verse 16. So I want to throw it just to you guys and see what you guys have thought. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. I think it's referring to the the gifts that God has given us and how when we live out those things there's a place for us in in the world and we're not left left out when we're living through the gifts and the things that God has given us we have this room and we're surrounded by great men so it brings great relationships as well good yeah um what it reminded me of is david when he was a shepherd boy and he played the harp, yep. he was brought before King Saul because King Saul was troubled by an evil spirit. And every time David played for him, that spirit would leave. And so his gift of music, or I think it was just an anointing upon him, and he was brought before the king. So that kind of thing, I think, as well. Well, I, that's a good point. This is a common theme in the Bible, right? Joseph, he had gifts, right. brought him before Potiphar, mm-hmm. and then right. he was thrown in prison. And he had his the gift of prophecy brought before the the Pharaoh, and right. then Daniel also had the gift, had mm-hmm. gifts, and he was brought before the. And it's interesting too that they're rulers of Gentile nations. You know, yeah, they're not really necessarily Christian nations, but these godly men were brought before secular rulers. Mm-hmm. And through that, God's blessing came upon those nations. And so that, I think, yeah, that I, di- I didn't have this verse highlighted, but that's something to think about. I'd have yeah. to 
spend some more time. That's that's yeah, that's pretty significant. I think. I yeah, like that's that really good. Yeah, I like that verse. I have a lot uh, highlighted, but I'm going to go to the one that we've already talked about, and I, I just spaced that it was actually in this um, chapter, which is verse 21: "Death and life are in the power of the tongue." And those who love it will eat its fruits. So what is your version? How does it read? Mine's the same. Uh, mine's the same yeah. too. Death and life oh. are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. It's interesting that all of them are the exact same. That's that's really interesting to me since all the other verses had some kind of differences. But um, it's pretty straightforward there that what we were talking about early, when you speak, you want to speak words of life and encouragement and not tear people down and bring sadness to their hearts because you will bear the fruit of it, right? For example, like if you're married and you're having an argument with your spouse and you say mean and cruel things, then the spirit of your spouse is going to be so sad and, and you'll bear that fruit from that because they'll turn around and be rude and cruel to you or standoffish or whatever. Or even like you guys, when you were younger now with your siblings as well, when you speak things that are harsh, you reap that fruit from it. So um, it's always wise to want to bring that words of right. life instead of death. Yeah. And isn't it interesting how, like, say you wake up grumpy, you essentially have the option to make your day better by the words that you speak because the words that you speak bring life and you mm -hmm. reap the fruit of that and so mm -hmm. if you wake up and you're having a bad day it's not good to, to take that out on people or and so you have control essentially of how your day is going to go to some degree with your words that's how powerful they are yeah or you can have a really bad day and like you were saying and make the day miserable for everybody yeah that's basically it i think it's important also to recognize that even if your words don't mean harm or malice, sometimes they can cause harm and malice. And right. even though that's not your fault, it doesn't matter. The harm and malice is still done. Yeah. So that's why I think it's speaking on to not speaking and, and, and keeping quiet. Because even if your intentions are good, they can still cause malice, even if, even if you didn't mean to. Yeah, that's really good. So the next verse is 22. He who finds a wife finds a good uh, thing and obtains favor yeah. from the Lord. <laughs> that's, the, that's probably the verse I have heard most often. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's true. And, and the way I read it is, and I've told you this, both of you, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. A wife isn't just going to show up at your doorstep. You have to look for something to find it. So that's what my thought is. You're not going to just get somebody that's going to come and say, oh, you want to marry me? Or something like that. But, you know, yeah, I think there's a Lord. <laughs> no, it might not be. You might regret who comes to your door. That's right. But, it has to be a good wife. He who finds a good wife finds a good thing, right? But my thoughts are that the Lord has really been impressing upon my heart that I joke around with you guys and say, come on, you guys need to get married. We, we need grandchildren. We come on, get married, get married already. But I feel like the Lord has told me recently, even within the last couple of weeks, what you guys are visiting is that no matter how much I try to set up something, it's never going to be as good as what God has for you. And that I need to trust him to work that out and to help you find a wife. And although say he helped me find a wife, then I will. <laughs> well, I think probably, so for me, the most interesting thing about this verse is we're supposed to think of wives as like a treasure, right? And so it's, mm -hmm. it's a good thing. It's, it's valuable, mm -hmm. but, and it's a gift from God, right? Right. I agree that a wife, good marriage is a gift from God. Right. But it's not. Not only Christians have have wives. Right. Yeah. Right? Right. So that just shows the graciousness of God mm -hmm. and how how merciful he is to give even people who despise him gifts, you know. Yeah. They don't think they, they don't thank him for it, right? If they hate yeah. 
right. they they do love it, and he's he's so gracious and merciful to give even people who hate him good gifts. The thought that just came up to my mind when you were saying that is he who finds a wife finds a good thing. That there are a lot of young people that are non Christians that they live together and go that route and, and don't marry the woman. So it's not a wife, really. And so then the second part of the verse says they find a good thing and obtain favor from the Lord. So it seems like right. whether you're Christian or not Christian, if you are not married to the person you are living with, then that favor of the Lord isn't going to be upon you if you don't right. commit to that. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, because being a wife is different than being a live-in girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. There's a difference. There's a big difference. That's the significance of marriage. Yeah. That's, that's good. So, Caleb, did you have any thoughts on that? Um, no, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Got to mm -hmm. get a wife to get favor. That's one of the ways, if you want, that's, still... <laughs> if, if, that's one of the, if you want favor from God, here's a good way to get favor from God is to find a good wife. Yeah. 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 Well, also, here's the thing too. I know this is kind of cliche to, to mention this, but the most fulfilled, complete, perfect human to ever live didn't mm -hmm. have a wife. Right. And so if you're separated from your spouse, like, don't think that you're less than because you don't have. That's really good. Life. Or if your kids are single and they even if they want to be married, but mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of girls, especially, I think it's harder for girls in, in our culture because it's the man who initiates, but who want to be married and just aren't. But yeah, just to remember that Jesus never married and he was perfect. He was the pinnacle of humanity. So. Right. Uh, and, that's and I think that there are some people that are called to be single and they have that grace oh, upon yeah. them. Yeah. Like Paul, definitely we're not saying that there is less value if you're not married. That's not true for me personally. It's just because my kids. I want my kids to have kids so I can be a grandma and just spoil them. I think that's one Yeah, there's a verse in the last chapter yeah. about mm -hmm. being a grandparent. Right. And I, I skipped over it just because I didn't want to <laughs> go through that and make you guys feel bad. <laughs> speaking into that, speaking into that, what you're saying, I think, well, I don't think any of these verses in Proverbs or any of these Proverbs are lines. They're not like... It's not well, the Ten Commandments. These, these, these aren't like if, it's you, the genre. if you do this, yeah. you're sinning. If you don't have a wife, you're sinning. So we shouldn't be getting our our value from any of these. Really, they're just things that are that generations have passed down through right through scripture and that are saying, "Hey, do these things, and trust me, this is common sense. Right. Your life is going to be happier and better if you do those things." So like Saul said, you know, you're not going to take value from these things. You know, it's all about if you want to live a happy life and a wise life, then do these things. And right. sure, seek out a wife if you don't have one, but don't get value from anything other than that. Or devalue yeah, from not having Yeah, devalue. Right. Your, your primary identity should be in Christ, <laughs> not in your not in your ability to find a spouse or your, your marriage, yeah. which you should find identity in a marriage. You, if you're a husband, you are a husband. So that is your part of your identity. But the most important part of your identity is that you were a Christian. Yeah. So there are a lot of elements to your identity that are important, but none of them is as important as being a Christian, not nearly as important. So yeah, that's really good. So then the last verse in the chapter that I have highlighted is a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So it's a wife. <laughs> <laughs> it's just two verses later, right? I I think that's probably what he had in mind. But yeah, just like the apostles in the New Testament take it and Jesus take the Old Testament and say that, yeah, that's right. But it also applies to this. There's a secondary truth behind it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it, I think it could mean 
I think it's speaking. It's Jesus ultimately. Right? Yeah, right. I think it's just speaking into to the quality of relationships. There's friends that come and go, but there's family is is sticks around and is the people that you need to surround your life with is the family people, <laughs> the people that are closer than 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 a brother. They're not just your day to day friends. These are people that you're doing life with, and one of those people is yeah, your wife. Also, you know, God, the Holy Spirit, these are relationships that are closer than a brother, you know? Yep. Yeah, This, these, both of these chapters keep referring to family, the importance of family, the importance of a true friend, what a friend does, what a family does, what a friend shouldn't do, what family shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. um, so these are very, very good chapters regarding friendship. Yeah. Right. Friendship. Very highly of friendship. Yeah. Yeah. They speak on relationship. And, and I think also the, the other theme that I got was in how we communicate, communication, the way we speak, the way we encourage instead of tearing down to our words. Those were right. two of the big things that I got through this. So is there any other verses that stood out to either of you that we did not um, bring up or talk about? Just still on that, going back to the first verse of 18 and talking, thinking about the value of friendship and the value of being a good friend. Verse 1 of 18 says, one who isolates himself pursues selfish desires. Mm -hmm. He rebels against all sound wisdom. And so essentially, he rebels against all sound wisdom, including the wisdom that he is saying in these chapters. Don't isolate yourself and pursue your own selfish desires. You know, be yeah. that friend who is as close as a brother. Be that mm -hmm. friend who who loves his brothers, in quotes, you know, unconditionally, who's willing to to stand up to them when they're wrong and willing to listen to them. Not not know friendship the way that, you know, Job's friends were, the condemning him and stuff, but mm -hmm. in an iron well, sharpens iron sense. Yes, that's good. That's really good. How about you, Caleb? Did you have any verses that we didn't mention? No, yes. Yeah. Stood out to you? had. 18.1 as well, the isolating himself. That's just a bad place to be in. And I think the reason why we have this whole section and all, all these Proverbs is just to help us understand what we're supposed to be doing here on earth. We have this time on earth that we have, and and it's very valuable. You know, we don't have much time on this earth, and we have this thing that we need to be able to to share with people and these are just ways to do it correctly this is how jesus lived all these proverbs are how jesus lived out his life and that's why they're there so that we as christians can do the same and accomplish the same goal that jesus had in his life which was to share love and the gospel and the truth with with everyone around us and to die to himself. He died yeah. for us as a sacrifice for us. So, I mean, we should die to ourselves as well. And in other words, not, not physically, but in our desires or our opinions or our objectives, right. we need to hold others in higher esteem and be able to listen to right. what you guys are saying and be able to speak words of encouragement and strength to people as well. Yeah, that was really good, Caleb. Because out of our... And mom, out of our, our dying to self comes life, right? It's Ephesians 2. He says, we were created in Christ Jesus for good works that we should walk in them. Mm -hmm. And so doing those good works, whether it be being a missionary, preaching, evangelizing, or the good works of just being a good friend or a good mother mm -hmm. or a good father, I think that probably the best good work that people do is being a mother or a father yeah that's like yeah. The, the best good work that we're created for is to make a good family yeah and so yeah that was really good out of our out of our self-denial our selfish desires dying to those to pursue the harder thing in in a lot of a lot of times but the thing that is more fruitful fruitful and beautiful mm -hmm. that's really good yeah so I'm going to just go ahead and close this off in prayer. 
Father God, we just thank you for this time. I am just especially grateful that my sons agreed to do this podcast with me. I just pray that the listeners would be able to find and glean wisdom from what was spoken and just practical things to do in their lives to be able to walk out their daily struggles and their daily routines in a manner that is pleasing to you and brings you glory and that they would be filled with joy and that their spirits would not be broken and that you would just guard and protect their hearts and minds. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. And their sons would find wives. <laughs> well, my son, Amen. for sure. <laughs> Today on Not Meddling, Just Mothering, we spoke on the importance of Proverbs, the wisdom we can glean from it through our words, our relationships, and our love for one another. Thank you for listening and please subscribe and we hope to get you back next week. You got this, Mama.